the tailgater and playmaker set up. This is where you can go anywhere. Middle of the Utah desert. As long as you got TV and a power, you just plug it in and it'll auto find the satellite and you're watching the game. So if you're going to be camping and you're going to be missing some of these games and you've got another service provider that you're uh, not so happy with, this is the killer opportunity. Call us up. The two-year promotion. Get the free movie channels. Ask about how you can get free pay-per-view movies every single month. We'll get you set up with the Nest IQ camera, $300 um, HD security camera. It's a great opportunity. Call us today. 424-DISH. It's easy to dial. Just pick up that phone and call us right now before this promotion goes away with that extra deal with the camera. 801-424-3474. 801-424-DISH. Thanks, Ryan. 801-424-DISH. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jazz fans, this season when the Utah Jazz get eight or more steals in a game, you can steal a classic Arby's roast beef sandwich for only $1 the next day. Download the Utah Jazz app, turn on notifications, and visit utahjazz.com to learn more. KCNS FM Colville. KCNS AM Salt Lake City. Live from the Carrier HVAC Zone Studios. This is 97.5 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Turn to the experts. Carrier. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Shout out to Andy. Big Aggie fan who just dropped by and see uh, to see us here at Davis Vision, one one six four nine South, four thousand West. The uh, block party is wrapped up a little bit. The the car show is gone and uh, some of the vendors have packed up, but we are still here and we have one jazz flag left. So yeah, you can people st- stop by and see. Yeah, us. folks have been stopping by uh, and uh, we've been giving out stuff. So yeah, it's fun. And of course, uh, get that LASIK done. Uh, contact the good folks at Davis Vision; they'll take great care of you. Uh, get back to 2020; it'd be pretty sweet. All right, let's talk a little jazz basketball. He covers the Jazz for KSL Sports. Out of the zone, phone we go. Joining us now, our friend Ben Anderson. Ben, happy Friday, buddy! Happy Friday, guys. Good, good to hear from you. Ben, I've been asking everybody this kind of open-ended question and uh, seeing where they go with it. So I'll do the same with you. What do you take from the Jazz victory in, in round number one? Yeah, I think it was impressive. Uh, I, I think. Memphis 8 played pretty well. Now, they were the 8th seed for a reason, and, and the Jazz treated them like the 8th seed. And once the Jazz were fully healthy with Donovan Mitchell, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a great series. I, I thought Memphis played admirably. I think the playoff games are generally close. We're used to the Jazz blowing out teams, but they're not going to do that as often as, as in the playoffs. But, you know, Memphis is an 8th seed, above 500, uh, played really well late in the season. I think that was a pretty good team, and I, and I think the Jazz dispersed to them the way they needed to. So, that was a good win. That's something that should build some confidence for the Jazz, but, but you know, it, it certainly doesn't mean a whole lot going into the next round. So, Ben, I want you to look at it with your critical eye and tell me what the Jazz need to shore up a little bit. I mean, I think one of the things you're going to struggle with, especially if you end up playing Luka Doncic in the second round, is how easily you let the perimeter players, specifically John Morant, get into the paint for the Grizzlies. And if you let Luka do that, I mean, he just could eat you alive. Now, Luka does that against every NBA team. So 
inevitably you're going to have to deal with that, but you can't let him get there without any contest where, where, where John Morant seemed like he was able to get every single time he wanted to and get to the free throw line and in, and over the first three games really hurt the Jazz, and then the Jazz adjusted defensively and slowed him down by beating him closer to that free throw line. But you need to make it a little harder for Luka to get there and not get there so early in the shot clock because that gives your chance, your defense now a chance to get set if you can slow them down. Perimeter defense, specifically on the, the, the dribble penetration, I think would be key going to the round two. Are you surprised the Mavericks are in a position to close out the Clippers, and do you think they get it done tonight? Yes, this is impressive. Uh, you know, I, I guess it's unfortunate that after they won the first two games, they had to end up going back to Dallas for a game six and didn't have a chance to, uh, to finish it sooner than that. But you know what? The Clippers are good. The Clippers are a team that, you know, I think two years ago, I think everyone was, you know, in Las Vegas or getting ready for the summer league and saw the big move with Kawhi going to the Clippers and Paul George getting traded. And it felt like the beginning of a dynasty. And now we are, what, 15 o'clock? It's, it's a little after five. We're within four or five hours of potentially blowing that dynasty up in, in two years. So that's really impressive if, uh, if the Mavericks are able to do that. And it's, it's a testament to, to how hard it is to win in the NBA. Man, it's, it's tough. What, the, the expectation for tonight is weird because as cliche and, and as annoying as kind of the you know, NBA is a chess match uh, cliche is, this series kind of has lived up to that billing where Dallas came out and they really just shot super well in the first two games. And then the, uh, the, the Clippers made a smart adjustment and went small. They kind of took the, uh, the Mavericks' ability to spread the floor away from them by putting Nicholas Batum at the five. And then, of course, in game five, you ended up going back with Boyan, uh, Boban Marjanovic starting at center to go extra big for the Mavericks. And, and it, it didn't work great. His numbers actually on the floor weren't fantastic, but it did counter enough of what the Clippers were trying to do that gave the Mavericks a chance to win and now come home and close the series. So the Clippers are going to readjust. They probably out-adjust the Mavericks in this game, so it's going to be tough. But, man closeout games at home when you've got the best player in the series, which is what everything is lined up for Dallas with Luka Doncic, you should be able to close these out even if you don't have the higher seed. The Mavericks really should win this game tonight. So which of the teams is a tougher matchup for the Jazz? I actually think the Clippers are a tougher matchup for the Jazz. I think they're more talented throughout the lineup. Now, the Clippers have done a bad job slowing down Luka Doncic, and they've tried to throw so much at him early that it did allow the rest of the shooters with Dallas to get hot, like I mentioned. I mean, they were over 50% from three in both of those first two games. You can't do that. And the Jazz actually learned that lesson in the regular season as well. The Jazz were really good in games one and two here against the Mavericks. Remember, they had that weird back-to-back series. Donovan Mitchell didn't play because he'd gotten a concussion against the New York Knicks earlier that week. But the Jazz played well, and they kind of never let the Mavericks uh, supporting cast get healthy or, or, or get going, find a rhythm. In game three at Dallas, the Jazz threw a lot of attention at, at, at Doncic, and understandably, but then you had Dorian Finney-Smith. I think he hit five threes. I think Josh Richardson went four or four from three. Jalen Brunson hit a bunch of threes. They ended up making 23 threes against the Jazz, six of which came from Luka. That also means 17 non-Luka Doncic players from Dallas hit threes, and or, or 17 threes were made by non-Luka Doncic players in that third game. That's, I mean, that's more than an opposing team should make, period, much less the supporting cast. So I think what you learned is if the supporting cast gets going, you're going to be in trouble. So the Jazz would be smart to say, hey, we know how good Luka is. Yes, Luka can win games in a series by himself. He might not yet be able to win four games by himself. So stop Tim Hardaway Jr., stop the supporting cast, stop Chris Epps, and you'll be in better shape. 
I think that's actually probably an easier game plan for what the Jazz do defensively than it is stop Kawhi, stop Paul George, and hope nobody else gets going. Which series would be better for Rudy specifically, Ben? And I ask because, you know, I thought uh, the Memphis series with Jonas Valanciunas was actually going to be a, a, a real tough series for Rudy and not, I guess, that he didn't have to play hard. But, I mean, I thought he dominated that matchup. Game five was something. Rudy had a, uh, a – he was the first Jazz player, Ben, to have over 20 points, over 15, 15 or more rebounds and three block shots since Carl Malone did it in 94 and uh, I just, it was one of his best games ever, and it came even though he had a difficult matchup. So I'm guessing, uh, my question is, is what what team is Rudy wanting to face? Uh, I'm with you, Jake. I thought it was very surprising how, how much he dominated Jonas Valanciunas, and it's a sign of his growth, because Jonas is one of those players who has a back-to-the-basket game, who was pretty strong, who could stands eye level with Rudy that, that has traditionally given him issues and, and just wasn't at all in Series 1. So I'm with you. I think that was super impressive. Uh, I, I'm not sure either one of these teams is terrific against what Rudy Gobert does. Zubats is pretty good as a seven-footer, uh, but, but certainly isn't like a traditional rim protector. But it can be a big body against the Jazz pick and roll. Christoph Porzingis has always struggled with Rudy Gobert because, yes, he can step out and shoot for the Jazz that by just putting another player on him and letting Rudy kind of defend the worst three-point shooter on the team and really all he's going to do is hang out near the, the rim and be kind of that, that, that help side rim protector. So I actually think Dallas is probably the better matchup for the Jazz. He can come out and end up helping on Luka Doncic in that situation, which will be very helpful for the Jazz. But I just don't think Chris Dapps Porzingis can do anything to defend Rudy Gobert in the pick and roll. So you might see huge offensive numbers from Rudy, which you did in game one of this series when Rudy had 29 points and 20 rebounds going against Chris Dapps Porzingis. He has the ability to go for 20 and 20 against this Mavericks team. So, Ben, uh, how tough will it be for the Jazz, whoever they're playing, if they have to play without Mike Conley? Obviously, we've seen the Jazz play without him, but in a playoff setting, how difficult will it be for them? Will they just slide Joe Ingles in and then rotate between Donovan and, and uh, Joe playing point guard? Or How complicated will it get? Yeah, I think if Mike doesn't play, let's, let's say he misses the first two games because we know the Jazz aren't going to be playing game three regardless of who they play until a week from tomorrow. So if you don't play Conley and he misses a couple of games, which is hard to do. I mean, that, that could change the series, honestly. That could be the difference. It's probably the reason why the Jazz lost to Denver last year didn't sweep them. Remember, they lost in overtime in game one when Conley was with his wife while she was uh, giving birth to their child. Uh, if you don't have them in games one and two, it's huge, but you do have a more than adequate replacement in a guy in Joe Ingles, who I know was really quiet over the last three games of this series, but was actually pretty good to start the first two games, and that was because A, Donovan Mitchell didn't play game one, so we got more minutes, and then Donovan Mitchell was on a minutes restriction in game two, so Joe got even more minutes on the floor. And he was really good last year in the first two games against the Denver Nuggets when the Jazz played without Mike Conley. Last year, without Conley, Joe Ingles averaged 18.5 points, six assists. He shot 50% from the floor and 43% from the three-point line in those first two games. If you get that, those are great starting point guard numbers. Those aren't good starting point guard numbers. Those are great starting point guard numbers. So you would love to have him. In game one and two of this series, uh, when the Jazz didn't have Donovan Mitchell at full strength, he had played all in game one and, and barely played in game two or played 25 minutes, Joe Ingles was really good again. His scoring was down only 12.5 points, 2.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists, but he shot 66% from the floor and 66 or and 60% from three, and he's doing that because he's sharing the floor with Rudy Gobert. If Joe's on the floor with Rudy Gobert, 
he's going to be really good. When he's playing, you know, as a reserve and trying to initiate the offense with the second unit, he's not going to be as good. But if the Jazz are without Conley and Ingles steps in, they can probably still survive those first two games. Okay, so let me circle back on what you just said, and maybe you just completely answered it. But is Joe, are we still on the idea that Joe's a, he's better as a starter than he is as a reserve player? Yeah, I mean, he's just better with, with Rudy Gobert. And, and you know what? So is Mike Conley. I mean, we've talked about this huge, I'm sure Locke has said this to you guys a bunch. Uh, if, if, if we talk about how much better uh, Mike Conley has gotten this season. Really, the difference is every single minute he's played essentially has been with Rudy Gobert. And when you're on the floor <laughs> with Rudy Gobert and you play the pick and roll, you're going to be really good the same way, you know. And look, John Stockton was a heck of a basketball player. But Howard Isley looks really good in the Jazz uniform for a while. A lot of point guards made a lot of money signing with other teams because they got to play pick and roll with Carl Malone. Rudy Gobert makes a lot of guards look really good playing the pick and roll with him. So I think that's the main factor of why those guys play well and, and, and you know, why Joe Ingles could be, could be more than adequate if he ends up starting. Ben uh, Anderson with us from KSL Sports. Uh, you can follow Ben on Twitter, by the way, at Ben's Hoops. And uh, you had a tweet yesterday which, which caught my attention. I thought it was right on the money. I'll just read it because you, uh, you preface it by saying, hot take, the biggest talking heads in the sports world – uh, having to watch, get familiar with, and craft storylines around Jokic, Mitchell, Gobert, Book, Doncic, Giannis, Trey is going to be a really good look for the future of the NBA. Is this playoff series or playoffs, Ben, is this kind of a page-turning moment for the NBA where the next generation of stars have an opportunity to emerge? I, I guess as long as it's not the Clippers and the Nets in the, in the final. Right. You know, if you end up with Kawhi Leonard, who's won three championships before, and you end up with Kevin Durant, who's what? He's won two. Uh, Kyrie's won one. James Harden's never been there, but but you know, has been talked about plenty. Paul George has been talked about plenty. As long as you end up with some of these different names, and I think there's a relatively good chance we end up seeing, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo in his first finals, and Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in their first, or Luka Doncic in their first, or Chris Paul and Devin Booker in their first. I think there's a good chance you get you know some of those names in there for the first time. That's going to be fun, and that's good for the NBA. You know, Gordon, I'm sure you'd remember this far better than I would, but I'm sure there was kind of this existential crisis for the league when Michael retired in 1998, and everyone said, okay, who's the next star? You know, is it Grant Hill? Is it T-Mac? Is it Vince Carter? Kobe was certainly there. Shaq was certainly there. Duncan was certainly there. But, you know, who are these other kind of flashy star players going to be? And then we were just fine. The early 2000s turned out to be brilliant. Everyone loves those players. Everyone looks back and loves Allen Iverson, loves Vince. Know, loved some of those stars that end up emerging, but you had to get rid of Michael to get to that point. And and I think the NBA will do that. And as we've seen, you know, Devin Booker was incredible last night. Donovan Mitchell was an incredible playoff player, and he has been throughout his entire career. Rudy Gobert is awesome. All the Giannis Antetokounmpo is brilliant. All these names that you're seeing belong deserve to be talked about. Was, was there a more you know enjoyable villain in the first round than Trey Young bowing at midcourt at Madison Square Garden? <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. That's what the NBA is built on. The NBA needs more of that. And, and so it's in really good hands. And I do hope that we see kind of some of these lesser talked about names continue to advance. Because, yeah, Max Kellerman may not want to talk about anyone but LeBron because it means he has to do more research. But those guys are also really good at their jobs. They will do their jobs. They will execute them well. And it will be good for the promotion of the league in the long term. Ben, uh, now now that we've just talked about talking about new guys, let me talk about a couple of uh, grizzled veterans whose teams just got eliminated from the playoffs. Jake and I were talking about earlier the Lakers and the Blazers. What do you think happens in those two situations? Lakers is 
interesting. There, there's just this weird default that like Steph Curry's going to sign with the Lakers or, or he's going to leave Golden State or, or they're going to add all these stars. And I just don't know, A, if they have the financial flexibility to really get something done. They could potentially pull off a crazy trade and send Anthony Davis somewhere else. But AD, when he's fully healthy, he hasn't proved he can be you know, one of the three best players in the NBA, and he was that way last year in the bubble. But LeBron is certainly getting older. I mean, LeBron didn't have the ability to be the guy as he got healthier as he returned from that ankle injury. He just couldn't take over series for entire halves or entire games. He would still easily do it for stretches, but he can't do it for 48 minutes like he used to be able to, and that's totally understandable. He's almost 40. Well, I mean, he's in his you know, mid to late 30s now. Uh, he's been in the league for two decades. It makes sense why he can't do that, and Anthony Davis doesn't really stay healthy. So I, I don't know if we're going to see a Lakers dynasty coming out of LeBron and Anthony Davis joining together. And, you know, from my perspective, I, I prefer that. I'm not big on dynasties in the NBA. I think it's really cool that we're going to have a couple of different teams winning championships for the first time in a long time this season. And then, of course, the Raptors going back a couple of years ago. So I, I don't think we're going to see the Lakers rebound to be this team that dominates the league for the next couple of seasons. Portland has to do something really aggressive. You saw the cryptic tweets from Damian Lillard saying, you know, how long do you value loyalty or whatever it was, an opportunity meeting preparation. That certainly seemed like a, a shot over the bow of the Portland Trailblazers general management and ownership to say, get me help because I've been Kevin Garnett. I've been a great, great uh, trooper and teammate so far. But if you don't get me more good players, I I'm going to have to go somewhere else and demand a trade. And he doesn't want to do that sure he'd rather win in Portland but at some point he's 30 years old you know he joined uh, the NBA after four years in college so he's played a long time already he can't wait forever and still expect to be the guy so I think they're probably going to have to seriously examine whether they're going to stick with Terry Stotts as their head coach even though I think he's a pretty good coach but there's other good names out there that could certainly be available that could maybe teach them to how to how to play some defense they're too repetitive with Dame CJ McCollum and Norman Powell with guards who can score on the perimeter and don't play enough defense. They have to move on from either Norman Powell, which is unfortunate. He's, he's, an, he's a free agent, so they won't get anything from him if he leaves. So you probably have to re-sign him and trade C.J. McCollum and hope that you can find a piece that comes in and helps you play some defense. Maybe a name I would look at is like a Miles Turner from the Indiana Pacers, who's a really good shot blocker. Maybe see if you could make a swap like that because they have a couple of big guys in Indiana and might be willing to part with one for some more scoring Otherwise, man, it's just hard. They, they don't have great draft picks. They gave them up to get Robert Covington, thinking that was going to change kind of the, the power balance of their team, and it just didn't happen. They just – it's tough to be a small market, and they've got one star, and, and they just don't have enough overall talent. So Portland finds themselves in a really difficult summer where even if they make a bunch of moves and shake it up, it may not fix their problem, and you still might end up ask, seeing Dame ask for a trade by next summer. Ben, where are you at on the Nets? If you have enough stars, can you win a championship playing no defense? Uh, you probably can, but I, I think Giannis is really going to test them. And, and Giannis is smart, and, and Mike Budenholzer is smart, and Brooke Lopez is smart. And, and they're just – Holiday's brilliant with the ball in his hands. They just, they're a very capable, well-run team. Now, I, I know Mike Budenholzer in the past has been – uh, kind of put on blast in the playoffs for not making enough adjustments and looked really bad last year against Miami, but then swept them this season. So clearly he does have the ability to do that. They don't have anyone who's going to be able to slow down Giannis. Kevin Durant isn't that type of defender anymore. Brooke Lopez is going to step out and shoot threes. Drew Holiday is going to be really hard on Kyrie Irving and James Harden. So this is going to be a great series. I, I personally would love to see the Milwaukee Bucks win it. I, I don't love the superstars all joining together. Uh, you know, Not to sound like I hate super teams. They can be really fun. That team seems particularly 
rapidly thrown together somewhat haphazardly and, and you know I don't love the personalities on that roster so I, I would love to see Milwaukee win this series I think it would kind of put a major hit on these super teams because we're already seeing them start to die out a little bit and you have just not being able to play defense not really having great chemistry losing one game to a really mediocre Boston Celtics team I thought was probably pretty concerning in that first round so they, they've got a tough road ahead of them you know you've got to got to beat the Bucks, and then you've got to beat the 76ers who if they survive the second round, probably have Joel Embiid back and closer to 100%. It's not a guarantee, I think, that we see Brooklyn in the finals. Ben, uh, when uh, when Danny Ainge stepped down from uh, the Celtics' uh, leadership position, there were a lot of sort of rumors flying around about his connection with Ryan Smith, and I can't really comment on that one way or the other because I have no clue. I know they're friends. But let me ask you this. When Ryan Smith was talking about Dwayne Wade joining the ownership group, he said something that caught my attention that I thought was really fascinating. He said, this is just the beginning. What do you think he meant by that? Do you think he's going to add big-name people? What's up? I do think you've opened the door for the Jazz being a destination for names that maybe previously wouldn't have been a destination. And that, that can be before... Uh, and then that could be on the court or off the court. You know, bringing Dwayne Wade, I think it's helped. It certainly brings some cachet to the Jazz. It gets a big reaction locally and nationally whenever he's seen wearing Jazz stuff, whether he's on the golf course or out or he's talking about the Jazz when he's on TNT. I, I think you're certainly seeing that type of exposure being positive for the Jazz. And you know what? Yeah, maybe you have a little bit more money and you're willing to go out and talk to a guy like Danny Ainge, where Danny said the other day on the radio, uh, you know, I, I'm not looking to work a whole lot. I still want to have a job, so which is the dream for everybody. It's the Gordon Monson dream that we all have. But <laughs> I, 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 think, I think looking at, uh, at at Danny Ainge, you know, there could potentially be a role for him here. You know, is, is Dennis Lindsay wanting to be the face of management for the Jazz for a long time? And that doesn't mean he still wouldn't be the boss and the VP of basketball operations and make all the final decisions. But Danny Ainge is a face is a name and sometimes you know jerry west was doing that for the warriors and did it, had done it for the lakers even though he wasn't the number one guy and would kind of come out and talk and throw his weight around a little bit and it brought a different type of cachet even though they already had really good front offices maybe the jazz would explore doing something like that but dennis was an incredibly good vice president of basketball operations hence having the best record in the nba on a, on a team like this Justin Zanuck's a really good general manager hence the, the differences i think that, that we've seen with jazz front office since he joined in that official title a couple of years ago. Those guys are really good at their job. If you're bringing in Danny Ainge, it's to have an extra set of eyes, to have some veteran experience, it's to do some of that networking. Maybe it helps with some of the draft stuff since Walt Perrin left the team uh, last year and hasn't really officially been replaced. I think there's room to bring in an extra guy, assuming that Danny Ainge's ego doesn't have to get in the way. And, and look, that's a fair question. There are egos in professional sports. You've got to make sure that uh, that they can all blend together, and no one feels like, "Hey, I need to have the final say, or I'm not being, you know, uh, adequately represented in my job." You can follow him on Twitter at Ben's Hoops, and you certainly can consume all his work at KSLSports.com. And Ben, you write all the time. I love it. It's can't miss stuff, and we really appreciate you jumping on with us when you can. Hey guys, thanks for uh, stopping over. Let me talk to you. See, ben, thanks, ben. See, the thing about Ben is. He's still working hard. He is working hard. He's got That's what he, does. he works hard. <laughs> Keep it up, Ben. All right, there you go. Our friend Ben Anderson, KSL Sports.
Ben'sHoops.com covers the Jazz. Follow him on Twitter at Ben's Hoops too. And uh, I love Ben's work because uh, Ben's a deep thinker. He's uh, all his stuff's really thought out. He, he has this nose to find really interesting story angles, and uh, yeah. and we love it when he has a chance to come on the show. Ben's a very talented uh, uh, writer and radio guy too. I mean, uh, very talented guy. Well, you can tell when we ask him questions, he's got he's got ideas yeah. around every topic. So that means he has sat down and thought these things through. So that, yeah, Ben, Ben is, uh, he's terrific. All right, coming up next, we are giving away jazz playoff tickets. We've oh been boy. getting submissions oh all day. Oh, boy. Via our open mic feature on our app, uh, you uh, basically download the app and uh, go to the open mic feature, record up to 15 seconds worth of audio. We've been uh, asking for why you deserve to go to the jazz game, but, uh, in a creative way, Gordon, whether it's, uh, you know, what, uh, what it's a song or an accent or an impression. Uh, and uh, we're going to play as many as we can coming up next, and uh, we're going to pick a winner. Are you excited, Gordon? I'm kind of excited. Yeah, I want to hear what our listeners have come up with. Yeah, they usually are very strong on these kinds of things. So, yeah, I'm eager. I want to remind you of our uh, friends at Peach Building Products. For more than 25 years, Peach Building Products has been providing superior quality windows, doors, and customer service to the Wasatch Front. Call them today, 801-566-1255, for all of your window and door needs. Giving away tickets next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. All right, your bottom of the hour Jazz update. The Jazz move on to round number two after dispatching of the Memphis Grizzlies in five games. Donovan Mitchell talks about moving on. Well, this game is over. You know, this series is over and... We didn't come this far to just win one series and kind of be like, oh, we didn't lose 3-1, like, you know, we're 4-1 like we did last year. Like, you know, at the end of the day, we come out here and it's just one series, you know, and we got to go out there and do it again uh, and again and again. So for us, it's understanding that, like I said, savor the moment, enjoy it, you know, because it's been three years. But also at the same time, uh, we have a job to do. Uh, so it's going out there, watching film, getting locked in uh, mentally, mentally and physically ready and getting rested and getting ready to go. The Jazz don't know when they'll play or who they will play just yet. They play the winner of the Mavericks uh, Clippers series. Game six is tonight. It will tip off at seven o'clock. Uh, the Mavericks have a three games to two lead in the series. If the Mavs win tonight, uh, the Jazz will play the Mavericks on Sunday. If the Clippers win, game seven in that series will be on Sunday, and the Jazz will likely open against the winner of that game on Tuesday. This update brought to you by Mountain Land Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 12 the zone, live from Davis Vision. Want to remind you about our friends at Peach Building Products. For more than 25 years, Peach Building Products has been providing superior quality windows, doors, and customer service to the Wasatch Front. Call them today, 801-556-1255, for all of your window and door needs. Peach Building Products. All right, Gordon, we have a pair of tickets to give away. We do. To Jazz Game 1, Round 2 in the NBA playoffs. And uh, we've been taking submissions via our open mic feature on our Zone Sports Network app telling us why you think you should go to the game in some sort of creative fashion. Eric has, uh, we got so many submissions. Eric narrowed it down to, we've got like 14 or so. So okay. we, should we get to work, digging in? Let's do it. All right, uh, this is, these are the rules. You, myself, and Eric all get a vote, and we'll try to come to some sort of consensus. Okay. All right, or not, mm-hmm. at least a majority. All right. How about that? All right, Eric, uh, light us up. Submission number one. I'm on that open mic trying to win myself some tickets. Game one, round two against the Dallas Mavericks. Maybe been a fan since the days of Stockton and Malone, and I really don't want to have to watch this game at home. <laughs> don't want to watch the game. Hey, I can appreciate that. She's uh, she's a longtime fan okay. and hasn't had the opportunity very often to be there. And Yeah, that, that tugs at my heart. All right, submission number two. Hi, I'm Gordon Monson. I drive a nice car. Speaking of nice cars, Jake, have I already told you about the time I got invited to the Playboy Mansion by Hugh Hefner? Speaking of mansions, man, I wish I could find the bread, because I could sure go for a cheese sandwich with some soup. That is the leader in the clubhouse right there. <laughs> he hit it all. Oh, he hit it all. Uh, he even got it. the soup that's reference. That's the entirety of my career right even there. Even the soup reference in there. Yeah, that's well, I a... was not necessarily from me shout out to our guy Britton johnson yeah. that's a that's a Britton joke right there all right gordon impression there you go okay up next my dad's best he'll take me to the jazz game because he's the best forever and ever and ever and ever oh, oh that is so on. cute that just kills me. That is cute. Kid loving up his dad wants to go to the game. How with can his we? Dad. Try, how can we walk away from that? Okay, but the 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 purpose of the contest uh, contest was not who could tug at the heartstrings <laughs> the most. All right. But that that's in contention. That's there. I'm not ruling anything out. Okay. All right. Up next. I mean, Jake. If we didn't send him, it would be a huge jeopardy for the Jazz to lose the entire series. I don't care what kind of wood we knock on. I'd have to write about it in the Tribune and explain all of this to the people. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Are you having fun? I used the word Jeopardy wrong. Oh, I like that one a lot. Are you having fun over there? I am having fun. Okay. He, he caught you pretty well right there. He grabbed the essence. All right. Up next. I'm going to cry. I deserve those tickets because last week I was playing baseball and I was playing against kids like twice my age. So they made me bat left-handed and I hit a walk-off grand slam. It was awesome. <laughs> all, of it, all of it true except for <laughs> one little part. Oh, Gordon had just got done shaving, rolled up in his Pontiac. <laughs> said hey little kids not true can i play no i was like nine and they were eight something like that. 19 and they were eight <laughs> <laughs> all right uh up next this one i can only describe as as weird 
I deserve the jazz tickets because my wife's pet nickname for me is Bowler. <laughs> okay. That is one of the best all-time drops. That was like your first incriminating audio you yeah, ever Yeah, it wasn't even that. What that idea wasn't even yours. I it was know, a listener's. And it was brilliant. All right. Uh, up next. Oh, over on the air. <laughs> You're really having the kick out of this. Oh, oh, we're on the air. I want just Gordon does sing Randy Newman's "I Love L.A." during the break, like the whole break. I do not. Stop. I mean, it's just constant. He's not lying. much of a singer, now but that, lying. but that song really gets him. <laughs> All right, up next. I'll say it in Icelandic to get my point across. I am the biggest jazz fan in the world. I never miss a game, and my superstition is foolproof. It never fails. Icelandic jazz fan. Mm. All, right. All right. We like bilingual folk here on the big show. <laughs> All right. Okay, Eric, what's next? I deserve jazz tickets because I'm a new new mom, home with a newborn, and I need to get out of the friggin' house. And I'm no Gordon Monson, so I can't afford a butler and jazz tickets. <laughs> All right, all right. I, uh, I certainly, uh, I certainly uh, empathize with the new mom. Yeah, she that's probably the part, does need to get out of the house. That's the part that got me. Yeah. You now my wife has been at home and nothing but at home for over a month now. Actually, if you count the pandemic, she's been home longer than that. <laughs> yeah, moms are terrific. All right, what's next? I deserve to go to the finals because I pronounce Porsche correctly. Oh, that, that, <laughs> that, that guy's definitely not winning. Forget that. The that Porsche collision. I will jettison guy. that one every time. It's that might get Porsche. my. You even agree with him? Just like you think college athletes should be paid. Well, I don't. I was wrong about that. I hate <laughs> amateurism. Pay those college athletes. <laughs> All right. Up next. This is a sea shanty. There once was a jazz team in the league who went to the finals and won the whole thing. They beat the East and they beat the West. Boy, the Lakers do blow. <laughs> I like the sea shanty. See, that was creative. Yeah, That's was. kind of what we it were was. looking for, a little little creativity. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, what's next, Derek? I call this guy is the sheriff of Brentwood, I call him. This is Sheriff Buford T. Justice putting out an all-points advisory. I got evidence, valuable evidence in the car, that this Utah Jazz team is rolling like a gall-darn freight train straight to the NBA title. <laughs> I like that, too. Yeah, a little, uh... The Sheriff. A little, uh... What was that show called? Dukes of Hazzard? Was that the Dukes of Hazzard Sheriff? I mean, that reminded no me of No idea. That. I thought it was Boss Hog. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It was just something like that. Okay, what do we have? Two left, Eric? Is that right? We have... Yes, we have two, three left, actually. This is right. uh, Terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger. I have it entitled. Your boy Arnold here. I just want to tell you, I think I deserve the tickets. I get out there, really pump the arena up, get a huge, going big, get them to the chopper, I mean the championship, just to get to the next team so that we can go ahead and terminate them. You know who that sounded like? Who? Our guy Jonathan Tavernari. Is it really? Play that again. 
Your boy Arnold here. I just want to tell you, I think I deserve the tickets. I get out there, really pump the arena up, get it huge, going big, get them to the chopper, I mean the championship, just to get to the next team so that we can go ahead and terminate them. That is Trevor Iverson. Shout out him. Oh, okay, Trevor. You sound, you sound like a guy, JT. All right, who's next? Gordon, I don't know why you keep doing that. You ask Jake his opinion and then tell him his opinion's wrong. If you want us to ask somebody's opinion, be open to letting them express their opinion and stop criticizing Jake because he disagrees with you. I just thought on the point of, uh, of criticism uh, That's, a dumb, on that's the a dumbest opinion I've ever heard. That, that had nothing to do with what we were doing, <laughs> yet I think that might be my favorite. Oh, get out of here. That's, that might be the winner. No, that's a disqualification. That was a smart because, open no, mic no, right he's, there. He's, he's, he's trying to lure you in, but he lost me for sure. Well, good thing you only have a third of the vote now, isn't it? Yeah, but so do you. See, but isn't that exactly what Urban Meyer did? Uh, Yeah, I guess you're kind of right on that. That is kind of true. All right, so I should start. I should either stop asking your opinion or I should honor your opinion? Well, you should just always accept my opinion as truth. (laughs) Okay, that ain't happening. That's more it. (laughs) No way. No way in hell. Hard, fast truth. And finally, tongue twisters. Okay. One brown hen, couple of duck, three blind bear, four running hare, five females sitting on a fence, six simple simons sitting sipping scotch, seven Sinbad sailors sailing the seven seas with a swish, eight egotistical egoists echoing egotistical ecstasies, nine nude Nubians nibbling. Wow, that was pretty good. You got through a lot of it. Didn't really tell us why he deserved jazz tickets. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I just found that that guy was wildly talented, so. Will you play the sea shanty one more time? I'm yeah. I'm going to make my mind on that one. Let me find it really quick. So All right. Okay. I See, I'm considering the sea shanty, too. I thought uh, uh, the guy telling you to listen to me was good. <laughs> of course you did. Um, let's see. If you're going to make fun of me, then go back to the one that, that second one. The, the one where they hit everything in there? Yeah. Wait, let's hear the sea shanty again. There once was a jazz team in the league who went to the finals and won the whole thing. They beat the East and they beat the West. Boy, the Lakers do blow. Is that it? That might be it. What do you think? It's pretty good. We both agree it's good. Love the new mom out there. And, I love, and, and the I kid like the who kid. loved his dad. But, yeah. but the tugs at the heartstrings. I feel like we go with something that was more the assignment. <laughs> okay. And plus, how do you choose between the new mom and the, the kid who wants to go with his yeah, dad? How do, you, how do you choose between those? Here, here is the uh, Gordon impression that hit on everything one more time. Hi, I'm Gordon Monson. I drive a nice car. Speaking of nice cars, Jake, have I ever told you about the time I got invited to the Playboy Mansion by Hugh Hefner? Speaking of mansions, man, I wish I could find the bread because I could sure go for a cheese sandwich with some soup. <laughs> That was really funny. What's his name? That was really funny. That What's is his... J- uh, Jason Jordan. Jason. Shout out to Jason. That uh, was that was well pretty, done. Pretty close. All right. So what? Are, where, your where's your vote? I'll go with the sea shanty. Let's go with the sea shanty. Who? Uh, who's the uh, the sea shanty one, Eric? That is Gage Larson. Congratulations. All what, right. what about what about you, Eric? Do you have a thought? I really like. This guy that can't seem to figure out your, like, this is a 
bad impression of you, but like this guy can't figure out if he's Kermit the Frog or Patrick Mahomes or Gordon Monson. I mean, Jake, if we didn't send him, it would be a huge jeopardy for the Jazz to lose the entire series. He also I don't care what wrong. kind of wood we knock on. I'd have to write about it in the Tribune and explain all of this to the people. He definitely has your your negative persona there. Oh come on, I'm a, I'm, I'm a ray of sunshine. Well, you and I both voted Sea Shanty, so that's the winner. Okay. All right. Shout out Gage, you said? Shout out to Gage. Thanks yeah, for Gage. Listening. Awesome. Great job. And 100%, thank you to everybody who took a, a few seconds to submit. That that was a lot of fun. And Most of them are good. And really, my heart goes out to the mom and to the kid who wanted to take his dad it's pretty to cool. the game. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I hope they, they find a way to go. Yeah. I wish, I wish we had 20 tickets. 20 I wish we could pair. get tickets you know, to everybody. Give to all of them. Yeah, uh, they all deserve it. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next, live from Davis Vision, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live at Davis Vision, out here for their block party. We've had a great time. Uh, everything's uh, kind of wound up now, but uh, we, we appreciate them having us out. And, of course, if you're uh, in the market for LASIK, Davis Vision is the place. We hung out with Dr. Davis earlier we today, did. in fact. Nice uh, man. Very uh, great organization down here, and it's it's been fun uh, to be down and, uh, and hanging out. You know, Jake, we're sitting in a parking lot here, and every time I'm in a parking lot, you know what happens? I get uh, sort of a, a feeling of romance. Why oh, you, you did. I did. I know the answer to this. Go ahead. That's where our parking lot is where I asked my wife to marry me. Are we so supposed romantic. to do it in this romantic spot the night before or under, the, under the moonlight? And it was so beautiful and I chickened out. Why did I, you I had, the, had out? the ring in my pocket ready to go. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, because I've I heard was, you tell this story. And I, why did you chicken out? It I don't know. Like Anybody who knows my wife would think, what kind of idiot would double clutch on that? I, it, it wasn't even that I was double clutching. I knew I was going to do it. I just, I, don't, I had it in my pocket, and I was, I was fiddling around with it in the pocket, ready to do it in one of our favorite spots, and I didn't. I didn't. I, uh, when I proposed, I, uh, I did it at Oktoberfest at Snowbird. You ever been up there for Oktoberfest? You're, you're into German culture. I'm sure you're yeah. not. So, uh, I, I was going to do it in this one particular spot. Uh, and, uh, we're, we're kind of making our way over. We just grabbed some, ate some food and, you know, we're going up and, uh, ran into a big old group of my friends. It was like, oh, hey, guys. <laughs> I'm so glad to see so you. So good to see you. Wow. So what happened? So we hung out for a little bit with them, and then they, they needed a refill, refill on the beer. They're like, we're going to go get some more beers. Do you want to come along? I was like, yeah, sure. And then as they're like, as we're walking, I just kind of slowed, you know, and then let them go off, and then we went and did our thing. Why didn't you just tell them, no, you didn't want the beer, and then go off to the side and do your – do it proper. Because, one, if I said that, they'd know I was lying. <laughs> and so would she. <laughs> and so would she. What's up? Oh, I just kind of, we just kind of dropped back. I said, oh, let's just have a moment, you and I. And then right after did I was done. Did you drop she, to a knee? Uh, no, I did not, actually. And right after I was done, she ran into somebody that she knew. Like, came, like, right up. Because I did it kind of discreetly, you know. 
And then all of a sudden, like, uh, after she said yes, she had a friend like, oh, hey, how are you? Did, uh, oh, nice. So it was a, a good, peaceful, intimate moment. It was. Hi, it, how are you? It turned out fine. Did, did, did Naz give the news up to her friend? She did. So that was the first person who knew? Yeah. Some random friend? Uh-huh. Coworker, I think, or former coworker. Didn't even like her that much, probably. But uh, that was mean, too. I don't know. Just liked her fine enough to say hi. <laughs> but All we right. did have to ditch my friends. That was kind of funny. And I did. I did have that moment like, oh, so great to run into you guys here. Mm, mean it, man. <laughs> but, yeah, I never knew why Why uh, that doesn't seem like you, I guess, is why I bring that up. The, the Yeah, because I'm all scene. about the romance. I'm kind of a romantic. Oh, not for and that reason. But, you. I mean, your marriage has lasted how many years now? I mean, it's not like you were really on the fence about the whole yeah. matter or so, it would seem. Nearly 40. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That doesn't sound to me like a decision went in too lightly you know like you would no i knew I was, see, that was so so stupid about it i knew i was gonna ask why didn't i ask in a romantic spot because the parking lot is not is i mean it makes for a funny story on the radio <laughs> probably makes her roll her eyes and go a little hey you know what it's your story man that's all that matters had it in my pocket but it is go. weird that you started off this conversation by saying like I feel so romantic sitting in parking lots. <laughs> Come here, big fella. Give me a hug. <laughs> All right. We'll have more big show coming up next live from Davis Vision here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.